the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good, good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 8th day of February 2024. It is just just get ready as we speak. Supreme Court underway for getting ready to be underway for just the dumbest thing they may hear this year or maybe any year. Some things have to make their way to the Supreme Court. We hope and pray that they are dispatched with wisdom, constitutional wisdom. None of this has anything to do with what I think of Trump or what you think of Trump. Actually, the case has everything to do with what the haters think of Trump, because it is their distaste for him, their political fear of him that launched this case, this insane, insane notion that his objections to the 2020 result and his exploration of every option at his disposal to get to the bottom of what happened in this highly questionable, highly flawed 2020 result, that to ask those questions, to seek remedy, constitutes insurrection. It is of course, as if he sought to overthrow the righteous and valid government of the United States. It was the invalidity. It was the unrighteousness. It was the irregularities. It was the gaping flaws in the 2020 result that drove President Trump. He sought to find the truth. He sought to find a remedy to, to his belief. It's his, but, but this is his side, and there is, there is another side. The other side is this election was pure as the driven snow. Okay, argue that. President Trump's side was, I got screwed. And, and, and there's plenty of evidence that laws were shelved and norms were, were just ransacked. In an era of COVID panic. And so those are the sides. So you can apparently have a media side, a leftist side, a Democrat side, a Biden side that says nothing, nothing to see here. Everything was fine. You know, no, 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 cleanest election in forever. That's their side. The side held by President Trump and no small shortage of millions of Americans is that something was very, very wrong. And that and that side can range from people who feel like they know it, like they know their own name that he got robbed, or others who feel that, look, we'll, we'll never know a numerical decision. This is, by the way, this is one of the most important things. Oh, 105,000 courts said no to Trump. Individual courts were never going to be the remedy. There was never going to be a judge's gavel hit the bench and say, boom, I hereby find that Trump won Michigan by 10,000 votes. That was never going to happen. The remedy here, speaking of the Supreme Court, the remedy lay within the Supreme Court. It was the Supreme Court's job to take up what became known 
as the Texas challenge. It was Attorney General Ken Paxton and AGs in 17 other states who said, man, something was not right here. States were changing rules on the fly. States were violating their own election norms because of COVID panic, resulting in a flawed vote count. Votes counted that should not have been. How many? I don't know. How many raindrops fell overnight? I don't know. It rained, but how many? I don't know. So those are the sides. To have Trump's side, which deserved an airing before the Supreme Court, but the John Roberts Court gutlessly punted because the Roberts Court, it doesn't want to get, well, John Roberts in particular, he doesn't want to get his hands dirty with things that might you know, be viewed as taking a political side. Maybe that will lead him to rule correctly, even if by accident, in keeping this Colorado case from sticking. Because in Colorado, you have state officials and that state Supreme Court that said Trump engaged in insurrection. The people who stormed the Capitol were not even guilty of insurrection. Rioting, sure. Being somewhere they shouldn't have oughtn't to been, sure. Fine, there are, there are charges for that. We'd like to see the wheels of justice turn a little more efficiently for them. You shouldn't rot in jail as a political prisoner for six years for that. Anyway, though, uh, there, there's no insurrection here by anyone. The president's words that day spoke to his frustration and his desire to have everybody gather at the Capitol. What did he say? Patriotically and peacefully. Peacefully. Remember that? Now, some people were not peaceful. Absolutely. Is that his fault? It is not. And even if you think that it is, it doesn't rise to the level of insurrection. This this Supreme Court case that will be heard this morning is one of the dumbest things the Supreme Court has ever had to waste its time with. I it, This had better be one of those that's 9 nothing. This had better be one of those where even, even Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan can figure this one out. Even Ketanji Brown-Jackson can, should be able to figure this one out. You don't you don't have to be a constitutionalist genius to figure out that this this is these attempts to get to keep Trump off the ballot are patently insane, absolutely off their rocker crazy. But there's no shortage of things like that happening. The secretary of state of the United States. And I, if I hear one more day, the Biden administration is in its support of Israel. They've never supported Israel. They gave lip service to Israel. Because there is a Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. And there is a side of the Democrat Party in Congress and in the voting public that is so pro-Palestinian that they think October 7th was, you know, maybe sort of kind of okay and justified. And those are voters. So that is what leads the Biden administration to find its real heart. If it only had a heart, if it only had a brain, you see Biden with the second dead leader invoked. The other day it was uh, it was Mitterrand, who died in 1996. Uh, at a campaign event, he says he spoke in 2021 to, um, to German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, but he died in 2017. I see dead people. Anyway, though, uh, it, it, amid these dysfunctions, it's hard to know who to whom to blame. Whoever is running the country, whoever is running foreign policy, maybe this is Antony Blinken gone rogue and voicing his own flagging support of Israel. It's only it's convenience of the moment. 
They do so because they feel like they have to. But ultimately, the truth shines through. And Antony Blinken in Israel made these, he waxed poetic about all these things, about how the Jews had, they they faced being dehumanized in the Holocaust. They were dehumanized once again in the attacks of October 7th, but this doesn't entitle them to dehumanize others. What a grotesque myth of equivalency. A grotesque myth of equivalency. This is an insult that is intentional. It is an insult that shows you this administration's real heart and real mind. Uh, They're continuing cleavage to a a so-called two-state solution, giving a country to people whose leadership is soaked in the blood of terror. This, when people show you what they are, believe them, believe them. So we have that. Uh, Continued ripples off the uh, Republican failed impeachment vote of Mayorkas. Uh, Was that bad? Yeah, not good. Not a great moment when you can't count your own people or the other people either. That's how you lose by two in the Mayorkas impeachment vote. That vote could return. And maybe ultimately, this is definitely glass half full territory, silver lining in the cloud. Maybe it'll make people think, wow, maybe we need a a margin of, you know, more than four or five or six uh, members in the House. Maybe we need like 20 or 25. That would be good because then bad counting and the occasional rogue pocket of, uh, of Republicans gone astray would not be so troublesome. But I will tell you, if uh, and and the media culture, uh, Hugh Hewitt played uh, some audio when he he was on CNN with Aaron Burnett last night. He said, "How how bad is this, Hugh? How bad is this?" Well, it's not your favorite day when you lose a vote like that. You would telegraph so ardently ahead of time. But um, if we just take a look at the pulse of the moment and sort of where we all are right now, this week, right now, as we work our way toward the middle of February, twenty twenty four. Um, the Republican stumble this week was a Mayorkas impeachment vote that failed. Okay. Uh, on the Democrat list of things they've got to mess with, a completely failed border, a cognitively failed president, an ailing economy, rampant crime, schools that are indoctrinating people, uh, and, and an American public sick of all of the above. So all other things being equal, I'll take our problems. I'll take our problems. Thank you. Now, on the Republican side, people say, Mark, on the Republican side of potential concerns, don't you have a, looks like a guy with a a nominee who may face some challenges? Indeed so. Yes, we do. Trump may indeed face some challenges. Faces one this morning where a state seeks to kick him off the ballot because they hate him. Has nothing to do with the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with insurrection. It's because they hate him. You want, you want to test this? Find me a legal scholar who likes Trump that thinks this has a leg to stand on. But yes, we do have a nominee, a nominee in waiting, who's going to face his share of challenges. So far, the evidence is that he is energized by those challenges, and so are tens of millions of people ready to vote for him. So I'll take those challenges and I'll take them onto the battlefield because we are on a battlefield.
Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Uh, let me pause and, uh, and come back give you a little bit of audio from yesterday. Here's a little Republican tip. If your United States senator caves on core values, just gives up on conservatism on a key issue like the border, and then earns fawning praise from Democrats who then gush about your senator as he takes to the floor in in a moment of preening oratory, justifying how he caved on those core values. If those things happen, you need a new senator. Oklahoma, you have a problem. Details to follow, 721. Nice little record from 1985. And a very nice man, Dan Seals. Her first musical birthday. He would have been 76 today, passed back in 09. He's the younger brother of Jimmy Seals of Seals and Croft. So as we take a look at, at the various things that have that have become clear since the border bill died and the narrative that you are getting is, oh, everybody sends people to Washington to govern and they failed to govern. Govern needs to be govern is a word means to obviously you know, have to, to do things that result in the country running in certain ways, blah, blah, blah. We all know what governing governance government we know what those mean. But when a bad bill is killed that the left liked, like this border surrender bill, it's like, oh, the Republicans are dysfunctional. Here's more chaos, blah, 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 blah. All right. I said, Oklahoma, you have a problem. Here's James Lankford, and this is inexplicable. Is and people are, oh, you can't go after Lankford. He's a conservative. He has been. He has been. He's been right on a number of issues. He's dead wrong on this. And somebody will do a doctoral dissertation on something like this. We know how the left works. We know how liberals work. We know how Democrats work. But the soft GOP, there's nothing like the soft GOP. The rhinos, the weak-willed, the Casper milk toasts who decide, you know, this whole conservative the conservatism thing, it's just a little, it's a little spicy for me. So here's James Lankford on the floor of the Senate yesterday, knowing that the failed bill that he helped forward is about to die. And you know what normal people do? You know what, what wisdom would be is to say, look, uh, I was involved in this. People wanted another flavor of solution, so I'm going to work hard to deliver something that my colleagues and the American people want. But that's not what we got. 
Madam President, I'm going to vote yes to be able to move on to this bill. So we need a change in law. I understand we have differences, but we've got to sit down together, figure out how we're going to solve problems, because the American people sent us here to do that. The Amer- I, I, I sent my senators there to beat down bad bills like this, Senator Langford. I sent my senators there to be better than you are. And uh, you know, Ted Cruz almost always is. Cornyn tries. <laughs> he usually is. And Cornyn was a no vote on this. The Republicans who voted yes on this dog, other than Langford, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, also known as the usual suspects. And by the way, the, the beginning of his premise, oh, we need a change in the law. No, we don't. We need to obey the laws we currently have. This is the pen that I was handed at that desk when I was sworn in to the United States Senate. Oh, God. And I signed a book that was at that desk with this pen. Okay. Because I was becoming a United States senator. Mm-hmm. Because the people at home sent me here to get stuff done. How are, the, how are the people at home feeling about you today, Jim? The people at home don't like you anymore for having signed on to this dog. If you're so et up with how the people at home are feeling, why don't you answer the phones at your office this week and see how they're feeling about you? Solve problems. There's no reason for me to have this pen if we're just going to do press conferences. I can do press conferences from anywhere, but we can only make law from this room. And to do that, you need one of these pens. There's a hundred of them in this room, and 60 of us have to agree to solve a problem. And I'm determined to sit down with anyone who wants to solve the problem, regardless of what side of the aisle that they're on. Well, clearly, uh, which is Democrats are not interested in solving the problem. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll be able to put that pen of yours to good use. To figure out how we solve these things. Because Americans are ticked off that this is not resolved. No, Americans are ticked off that people like you caved and went spineless. You want a solution? Give us Trump. Give us better Republicans in the Senate. Give us a Senate majority. Give us a larger House majority. And the problem will be solved, Jim. We don't need our Republican senators getting uh, you know, getting big uh, kisses from Democrats like Chris Murphy. This clip I just played was offered up by Democrat Chris Murphy, who gushes, my friend James Lankford, knowing that minutes later his entire party will vote against our bipartisan bill to fix the border, explaining what it means to be a United States senator. One of the most important speeches I've heard in 10 years in the Senate. Proud of you, friend. Listen, friendship is awesome. Big fan of friendship. We need friendships between people who disagree about stuff. That's great. But what a load of steaming garbage. James Langford caved on core conservative values. Conservatives weren't having it. That's where we are. And it is a good place. It is a good place. Let people learn from this clarity and craft a better border bill. Or better yet, let's obey the laws we currently have. Mike and I are going to chat next. That worked out yeah, <laughs> worked out like fun yesterday. 732. Let's work our way into the newsroom first. Nikki Whaley is there. And my thoughts, you must get it, but I think it's a 
Don Henley has our theme. I'm not talking about you. You impress me. (laughs) Well, obviously, forgive you. (laughs) Well, now for now, do Bud Light. You know, this is so awesome. We don't need to do ten minutes on this. No, no, no. And by the way, some great, great notes of support for you. The best. Back at you. Back at you. Yeah, and I I really, I think this is one of those arguments. We'll get back. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to point out. We we both I think are kind of right. Yes. I mean we both have good points, and you certainly have a good point. And I, I I was I was just in a bad mood yesterday. I was so fired up about the House Republicans awesome. and Mike Gallagher and being yes. the wrong Mike Gallagher. So, but you you had obviously you got a ton of support, and I get it. I understand the woke ideology, how damaging it has been, and you're you're and I I will concede an apology would be nice. It's not going to happen, but a, an apology from them would you probably gave me go the a long gift. The eight, this was the eight o'clock hour yesterday. Uh, and, and so many calls because it's five talk shows in one. For those that don't know, Trump does Truth Social and says, "Get off Anheuser Busch's back." They're a great company in many ways. They made a mistake. They, you know, they've certainly been exacted a high price, which is true. And my point was, they didn't. They don't. I don't know that they've learned the lesson. And I don't need them to grovel, but maybe just some acknowledgement that they're not going to do that again. And anyway, anyway, Mike's point was it, it, that, that we can have uh, we can get all worked up with these vendettas and boycotts, but they hurt people down the line, drivers and factory workers. And I said. Sorry, collateral damage. But here's the thing I want to give you today that's brand new, and then we'll go off to other things. Because people can take both sides. They did on your show. They did on my show. For Trump, an act of genius, an absolute act of genius to start that conversation, to have people looking at both the the idiocy of woke corporate culture, which he did give a sharp elbow to, saying it was an epic mistake, but for him to add kind of a layer of nuance to his personality, for him to practice forgiveness, forgiveness, it, it just makes him harder to figure out for his enemies and haters. And I, I, I just think it was a, probably a, a very, very a moment of wise strategery but from, it, from him. But it, but it's also a typical of who he is. Look at the terrible things he said to Matt to uh, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham. He gave out Lindsey Graham's personal cell phone <laughs> number. Don't. He was so mad at him, and, that, and then they became golfing buddies. Yep. He does have an ability to not take things personally. That's yep. something that a close aide of his once told me. So you know, I I, I do think it was a pro- probably a pretty smart move on his yeah. part. But but it's a, but a great conversation. It was. Let awesome. me just start. Let me give the tip of the hat to you since I'm in a mood of, uh, of, of, of putting a bunch of love on, on your plate here. I was listening to your monologue about this ridiculous Supreme Court case over Colorado and how brilliant it was and how smart it was and how wise it was. And I just wish every single Trump hater could hear the way you completely and accurately accurately portray what Trump did about the 2020 election. Um, here's a headline from Axios, and I read them every morning. Mm-hmm. Trump hopes semantics will save him semantics. at the Supreme Court on Colorado case. Yeah, semantics. You know, what, you know you... what semantics is? It's the meaning of words. That's exactly what it's about, the meaning of words. An insurrection does not apply. The, the insurrection clause applies to people who served as officers of the United States. Trump's lawyers argue that doesn't include the president. I mean, they're they're getting hung up in in all of this garbage when your point of view was so perfect, and that was as president, he tried every legal remedy he had to to overturn or or, or uh, the the what could have been election ir- irregularities. Yeah. And as you and and I will and I will gently chide you a little bit. You kept characterizing it as. Co- COVID panic. 
I think it was COVID opportunism. They they weren't panicked. They knew what they were doing. They knew well, exactly well, what they were doing. Speaking of semantics, speaking of the, you're absolutely right. Panic implies unhinged thoughtlessness. Right. They am, never let a good crisis go to waste. Never right. let a good let never let a good uh, pandemic said, go to waste. They used let, it and let, they knew exactly what they were doing. Houston, let's do 24-7 drive-through ballots that yep. nobody can watch. I mean, I saw Hewitt even texted something about a, a, a mail-in box uh, that was behind some warehouse somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's pretty secure. Uh, so that that's not panic. That's intentional. But your monologue, and I think I'm going to play it again today on my show, oh, because you. it's so smart about putting it in a proper context. No matter what you think of Trump, if the, and I don't know that it'll be 9-0. You don't think, uh, you know— Oh, I Katanji Brown Jackson and they'll they'll vote they'll vote to uh, you know, to to, to every, throw it in every him. once in a while the court's leftist wing which obviously sees the world differently on all manner of things but there's some, some things are are obvious even to them and I I hope this is I one hope. of them I, mean, I don't know if we'll get nine zero but I hope we get eight one or seven two listen all you need well, is one all you need is you know, I only want one I yeah. want a win as a win because with this Roberts court anything goes yeah. now let's go back to arguing a little bit because that's kind of fun. Let's tell me what you think about Tucker Carlson interviewing Vladimir Putin. I love it. Good. All right, good. No argument. What's, what's good. Not, what's not to love? Oh, well, don't watch CNN. Oh, don't no, turn no, on no, MSNBC. No, no, for, for me, for me obviously, the people who hate Tucker and who are all in for endless war in Ukraine, they know full well. First of all, Tucker is going to, uh, Tucker is, is one he's of the gone. is the king daddy of is has gone because he's the king daddy of Ukraine skepticism. Putin is a liar and a manipulator and will lie and manipulate in his answers to the interview. That's fine. I'm a grown up. Let me consume it, take it at face value, and see what I think. The left is concerned, and the forever war community on both sides are absolutely concerned that 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 so many eyeballs will be on this, and there will be millions of eyeballs on this that it will act in, against the best interest of forever war in Ukraine, which is the flavor of the moment. All I know is every one of these idiots that, that that are screeching and screaming and howling like stuck pigs over Tucker Carlson interviewing Putin, and it's going to drop tonight at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. They it's don't just hate it. They, they said he broke the law. They said he, he should, that Tucker they, should be in jail for interviewing Putin. Every, it's, like, it's like interviewing Hitler, or it's like, listen, there are people who interviewed Ayatollah Khomeini. They, they, they sat one, on his big blanket there in whatever town he was at, and they every, talked to him. Every one of them would give their right arm to sit down with the of world leader. Of course they would. This is why there's such hypocrites and there's such frauds. Every single last one of them. And incidentally, many of them have. It's not like nobody's ever interviewed Putin before. Mm-hmm. It's that it's Tucker, and they're such clowns. These are not serious people. Here's what Tucker is. And one of the debates has emerged, is he a journalist or not? Now, I struggle with that. I don't know if you and I are journalists. People will call us entertainers. Meaning well, of people, words. Semantics, once again, meaning of words. Well, yes, well, are we, we, ju- abs- we absolutely are. We are chroniclers of history as it happens. What we are not is reporters. I'm not, you're not, and Tucker's not. He is not a reporter. He is a journalist. There's such a thing as opinion journalism. Rachel Maddow is a journalist. Sean Hannity is a journalist. They are opinion journalists, and that's fine. Reporters have a responsibility to be objective, or at least they used to, and that's a different gig. Go ahead. 
I guess. I mean, I I I, I don't know that I'm as uh, I'm as convinced as you are. I mean, I, I the the text the textbook definition of a journalist is a person whose job it is to collect news <laughs> and write about it for newspapers, magazines, TV, or radio. So yeah, I guess it would, <laughs> we collect the news and we talk about sure it on do. radio. Sure but do. we're not. I don't think we're journalists in the traditional we're not sense. Report- it's it's as, simple. We're not reporters. Yeah, we're but I don't know that we're even journalists. Maybe we are. I don't know. But but. It doesn't matter. You know what he is? He's a guy with a point of view with a huge platform. Yep. And a guy with a point of view and a huge platform. I don't care if he loves Vladimir Putin. Nope. I mean, the the, the rub on him is that he's a Putin stooge because he doesn't like us to be in forever wars. He doesn't want us to go to war with Russia. And they all think, oh, look at that. And you know what what the, the Tucker interview does for them? It confirms their worst suspicions that Putin has granted an interview to him suggests, oh, he's in bed with Vladimir Putin. He's he's a stooge. Look at that. Of course, Vladimir Putin gave. It's his. But have you seen the video of him over in Moscow? He is being swarmed by hundreds of reporters. He's a rock star. I had somebody tell me the other day, Tucker Carlson's influence, you have to admit, and I know you're a fan, Mike. This is my never Trump buddy, Pete Weiner, who said this to me. Pete said, uh, no matter what you think of Tucker, his influence has uh, demonstrably wane, waned since he lost his Fox That's News gig. That's crazy. I don't think it has. No. Now, now, Seb Gork and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and Seb's, I don't think Seb's a big Tucker Carlson fan, which mm-hmm. could make for an interesting Alaskan well, cigar cruise night. Uh, cruise for you well, you cigar, got cigar night for night. me on the yep. 27th. Yep. Yep. Well, you don't like Tucker either, so you two will burst. Well, I love You're, the guy. Are you kidding me? No, you don't. You made fun of him. You called him with, what did you call him with the bow tie? I, the, the, making... the people who never question him are bow tie sniffers. <laughs> That's right. I'm a bow tie. I'm, right. And I'm officially vice president of the bow tie sniffer club. I love the guy, obviously, I, and I think totally the guy entertained by him, and, and, and he's best, extremely important, extremely important conservative voice, absolutely. But but Seb knows this digital space more than I do. Mm-hmm. I, I I you'll see tonight at six p.m. Eastern, five Central, how many millions Ugh. and millions of views it will get. I can't but, wait. but but Seb pointed something out. Unlike TV that measures in the quarter hours, I guess on digital media. Seven seconds of a video. If you look at a video for seven seconds, it's a that click. counts yeah. as a view, which is which That's is true. View. I mean, and, and there know, is so, something about being on the TV box where people come and sit and watch your whole show versus a fleeting moment online. There, 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 there it's not apples and apples. But how many right. view? How many viewers did he have on a given night? A really good night of Tucker Carlson, couple Two, of million, three million, right? Which is Two which million? is which is no night? small potatoes. How many people will watch this interview with Putin, even if it's just a few minutes of it? I mean, he's really somebody from Oklahoma Way just texted more. us, texted me, and it's a great point. He's the new Andrew Breitbart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he really is. He's the he's the new you know he's the new wave of I guess I have to say it journalists yeah. who are owning that digital space. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I got to do a follow up. I left people. Ha- well, you and I left people hanging. Did you did you tell people that I didn't get on the plane the other day? I, to I go did. Get that a moments, at, moments after you had your day trip to Key West, that the pilot got in touch and said, oh, "We got a weather situation there, Mike. So we yes. probably got to do this another." day i was really annoyed i'm like i could take some turbulence he goes i don't want you to have <laughs> I, I can mean, take some turbulence are you i high? could well no oh, it was a sunny it's day a little, it was it's a little plane you're gonna get tossed around in the eye of a hurricane and go i'm fine it, it was it was a, i think no. it's called a citation mustang it was a four-seat jet uh-huh. i would but i found out we did go to lunch he's a great guy and and obviously he wants to give me a complimentary trip because he wants to, you know, invite me to join his team and, yes. and be a, a be a customer. Mm. Let me tell you something. I mean, I, 
it ain't cheap. Nope. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm going to fly today to New York for about $600. $600 doesn't get me out of the out of the hangar. That shouldn't get you out of things. Tampa airspace. <laughs> oh, no. I can't even take off for $600. It's a lot of money. I didn't, And that's just the nature of it. I mean, that's the thing about people who fly private, and God bless them. You and I make a good living, and we're blessed, and we're very lucky. Are you kidding me? Ten grand to get from here to South Carolina? Yeah. You know, come on. Oh, there's pri- there's pri- there are private plane news. There's private plane news for somebody. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, ta- Taylor has a private plane. No kidding. Tay-tay. There is a guy who, and I think they did this with Elon Musk for a while. That you that you can if there's a private plane, you know its tail number. It's all you know. It's FAA. It's all public information. You it's can, some kid, you can, right? Isn't he a kid? I, I don't, Isn't I don't it know. A kid is tracking him. You I can track like a plane. High school or college it's a kid. Twitter account or website that was going to track where Taylor's private plane is moment by moment, not exactly in real time. And she freaked out. I, I can understand that. And so and sold the plane. <laughs> and got another plane. So the the issue was does does this guy have the right to do that? And the answer is of course he does. If it's public information. You can do this. I have right. a feeling Taylor can afford a good security detail, so there aren't any dorks at any airport that give her. Trouble. I don't. I don't think I have to worry about anybody tracking my tail number. If you <laughs> no, want to track Delta after, today, I'm after, on about a two o'clock. After these last couple of days, I still want your head on a swivel, so you're not confused with Congressman Mike Gallagher. And speaking, it's still of, coming in. They're still I'm coming sure. in on the X account. Final people thing. Are, this morning, people are saying, you traitor, you rat. It's, it's not Blah, him. blah, blah. Real quick, like, 60 seconds, speaking of Super uh-huh. Bowl, Biden declines the opportunity to be interviewed at the Super Bowl. I think Second this is year in a row. pretty meaningful because he knows it would be, or his handlers know it would be a disaster. He can't He can't yeah. handle it. And, right. and and incidentally, final note on Supreme the Supreme Court today, because we're all watching it. It's going to be a big day. Yep. Uh, let's pray they get it right. Have you ever seen the video that I've sent to thousands of our listeners uh, showing all the Democrats questioning the outcome of the 2016 of election? You want to see election it's, denial? It, there it is. If you just text the That's keyword it. fraud to 800-655-MIKE, starting with Jimmy Carter, Hillary, mm-hmm. you go down the list, Debbie Wasserman of Schultz, uh, uh, the guy from uh, Jerry Nadler, mm-hmm. every one of them, every yep. one of them said that Trump wasn't legitimately elected That's in it. 2016. If you te- And it's a great montage. The RNC put it together. I think at last count, we've had like 10,000 people have texted us to, to our, our MyPillow text line. Text so you just fraud, text te- fraud to 800-655-6453 and show it to all of your uh, left-leaning friends about what election denial really looks like. We are ready, they man. get to do it. My buddy, my right, right-wing it, chaos don't. agent buddy, Mike Gallagher, he's ready to rock. See you tomorrow Thank you, from New York City. It's All excellent. Right. When Mike goes to New York, Thursday. awesome things happen. That'll be the Friday show. <laughs> Can't wait to wrap it up tomorrow. He's here Thank today you, at sir. 10 on 660 AM, The Answer. Because you come to me Man is he relaxed. With not save love. I still keep coming back to that SCTV skit where he had Perry Como like lying on his side on the stage with his face on the floor of the microphone in his hand. You've never seen him this relaxed. The great Perry Como and Because. On the radio around this time of year, 1948. Welcome to the way, 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 way back machine. Welcome next to the 8 o'clock hour, where uh, not just because, for good reason, we're going to welcome 23rd District, down on the border, Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez, next on 660 AM, The Answer.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.